this morning we have Pastor Musa bringing the power of the word. So over to you, mighty Musa. Everyone say, God bless Pastor Musa. So we've been a part of a series for the last couple of weeks chatting through the art of neighboring. And so today I have the privilege of concluding and finishing off. Title of my sermon is Hello Stranger. I'm Christian. So if you are a new believer or you've been a believer for a long time or none of the above, whichever category you might consider yourself to fall in, you will know what people mean when they say Christian or at least what the word is associated with. Ideally, it's usually associated with a set of really great ideals and values, one of which we've been harboring on for the last five weeks, that is, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's not the only ideal, but we felt during the series that it's one of the most significant ones that we wanted to emphasize during this COVID time when the world needs people to be people to each other, to be human to each other in a God kind of way. But that's not the only ideal that we know about when we say Christian, right? I mean, you think kindness, you think gratitude, compassion, honesty, humility, joy. There's so many things when you read the biblical text that ties and associates with the word Christian. And yet, hello stranger, I am Christian is not the best introduction when you meet a person. Would you agree? Why? Globally, <laughs> my name is not Christian. Globally, right now, the word Christianity in certain nations is tied to political turmoil, is tied to political drama, is tied to the problems associated in that nation. Globally. If we bring it closer to home, last week Pastor Fifi preached this great word about neighboring, and he was talking just practically around the ways in which we should love each other as a community. During the week on Wednesday, someone called us and be like, even after that word, nobody said hello to me after church. <laughs> so you have this association with this word globally and here at home, where people have an expectation of an experience, and then we have our real lived experience when we say the word Christian when we try and live out what we think it means to be Christian. Yeah. And so today, I want to talk about that and where I feel it is that we miss it and where I feel we need to focus on as a community for us to do our part in backing what we mean when we say, I'm Christian. Yeah. So that when we say, hello, stranger, I'm Musa, I'm Christian, we don't feel like we have to give disclaimers like, I'm not that kind of Christian. Because that's just not how it works, right? They're not different kinds of Christian that the Bible refers to. When they meant Christian, they meant one body, one community, globally under the same umbrella, meaning the same thing. So I'm pursuing through my word this morning, unity in our neighborhood. So I'm not talking about the neighborhood in the USA. I'm talking about our neighborhood here at Every Nation Ramsach. As we neighbor, what are the things that we need to talk about in our neighborhood? to avoid, to repent from, to improve on, so that we can say, hello, stranger, I'm Christian with confidence, and neighbor the world well. So turn with me to Genesis 11, verse 1 to 9. I'm going to read it for the sake of time. If you're still turning, it will be on my slide behind me. It says, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. 
And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bite more for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. Language of all the earth. That probably shouldn't be there. Now, if you look at Genesis 11, verse 1, it says, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. Now, I'm talking about unity this morning. If unity looked like the whole earth having one language and speaking the same words, this is what was happening here. They were united. It stood out to me when I read this text that the whole earth had one language and the same words. Let's keep reading. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people. They have all one language. And this is, the, this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down, and let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth, and they left the building of the city. Therefore, it was called, the name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them from the face of the earth. Father God, help us this morning. Yeah. Find your heart in the word. Yeah. Help us, Lord God, as a body. Help us as a community. Father, may we receive your heart, Lord God, and go to the nations yeah. with it. In Jesus' name, amen. So here in this passage, I would say we're looking at bad unity. And the bad unity is not because they were speaking the same language. It's not because they were in one place. It's not because they were using the same words. It's what they were using that for, mm -hmm. right? So they have perpetuating what happened in Genesis 3. What happened in Genesis 3? Man decided that in their own wisdom, they're going to live in a way that pleases them. Man decided God is wrong, we are right. Genesis 3, that was Adam and Eve. Now we're in Genesis 11. It's not just one man, it's an entire community who are all agreeing to disobey. Yeah. One, in Genesis 9, verse 1, God, after Noah and the ark, after that whole story happens, God says to Noah, tell these people to fill the earth, to go to the nations and fill it and subdue it and be fruitful and multiply. I'm sure you might have heard that before, maybe in Genesis 1 and 2. He's saying it again after Noah, after he's destroyed all of the people who are disobedient and kept his obedient people, and these are considered now to be the ones who were, who were preserved, the ones who were faithful. And he's saying to these faithful ones, now you guys, go fill the earth, go subdue it, be fruitful, multiply. They're going, no, we're going to stay right here. In fact, we're going to build a tower that is going to take us to heaven. Doesn't that sound familiar? Genesis 3, we are going to live our lives the way we want to. We are going to decide for ourselves what good and bad is. God gave us an instruction that was good. We are choosing to define God's good instruction as bad and yeah. do our own thing. Yeah. But no, they're not doing it as individuals. They're doing it as a community. And so the community of faithful people who are following God are all deciding to disobey together. And when that happens... It creates what we call a stronghold. Yeah. Have you heard that word before? A stronghold is when something comes over a people that they have agreed on together. Something that comes over a nation that people have agreed on together. And so we don't cast out strongholds. We repent from them. 
because we are the ones who have agreed as a collective that this is right. And so in Genesis 11, it's not Adam and Eve anymore sinning. It's a community together agreeing on what is wrong. This is bad unity. Yeah. It's unity, but it's bad. And so sometimes when we think of ideal communities, we think of communities that look like us, that look the way we want them to look. When we think of an ideal church, we have a definition. My question is, is that definition in line with what God wants and what he says? If not, we will find ourselves in the same place as these stories, these patterns of people in the Bible found them. We will find ourselves in the places that different communities that call themselves Christians find themselves in, where the name says one thing, the behavior says another. In Second Chronicles, it says, if my people who are called by my name would humble my, themselves and pray. It doesn't say if the government changes its policies. It doesn't say if that person does this and says, it says if my people would agree not to unite around the things that are not biblical, that are not God's words, that are not God's preferences. If we unite around the things that are our preferences, how we want our community to look, how we think God wants us to live, not how he would like us to live, we will find ourselves with bad unity and we will find the strongholds in our nation governing the nation. What is a stronghold? It's when people decide together to disobey, to disobey. They decide together to agree with what is wrong and not what is right. We decide as a community together what the stronghold of this community is. What have we decided on? It's not what we say, it's what the fruit of it looks like. That's how you know. The birthplace of disunity is being disunited with God. We can be Christian and disunited with God. Why does Christianity have a bad reputation? Because Christianity does not mean you're united with God. Yeah. That's a choice that you have to make daily. Not that one time when you said yes, Come daily. Unite with God again. Abide is the word we used at the beginning of the, game, of the year. Are we united with God yeah. in everything that we do? Yeah. Bad unity is when we unite to disobey, is when we unite to perpetuate wickedness, is when we unite to insist on our own way. Even if we do it as a Christian community and call ourselves whatever we want to call ourselves, this is bad unity. And we do not want to be the Genesis 11 kind of church. Who is God calling us to be? Agree with God and be at peace. Who is God? How is God calling us to live? Agree with God and be at peace. I have a preference for how I would like to live my life. It's not how I'm currently living my life. I'm agreeing with God and I'm at peace. So, how do we want to live as a believing community of God? Tell us. <laughs> so obviously if there's good, bad unity, there's obviously, there's obviously good unity. Thank the Lord. So in Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly... They came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each and every one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Continuing in five. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are these, are not all these those who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of them in our own native language? 
Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, Asia, oh my gosh, should have practiced, <laughs> Prygria, <laughs> Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, Arabians, we hear them telling in their own tongues the mighty words of God. So here in Genesis 11, God scatters them based on using language as a way to scatter them. And they go throughout the earth and they live in different communities. In Acts chapter 2, they are together, they're in one accord, they're in one place. The Spirit of God comes and the first thing that happens is they start to hear each other's language being spoken by another. Now here's what was happening. These were Jews who were living in Rome. So the people in Rome were speaking one kind of language, different languages. The Jews spoke one kind of language. So already there was um, barriers in them relating. And in this one moment, God makes them speak each other's language. Yeah. And so God in one moment makes them one. Yeah. Right? The, the same thing that caused division in one instance, God brings in this one moment and he makes them one. Yeah. But what makes them one is not that they're speaking each other's language. It's what they're saying yeah. in each other's language. Yeah. What are they saying? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. It's not that we're speaking the same language. It's not that they're speaking a different language. It's that they're all declaring, proclaiming, agreeing on the same thing. The wonders of God. What's bringing them together is not that they look the same, sound the same, speak the same. It's the wonder of God that they are all experiencing and proclaiming together, seeing together, associating with together. And all of a sudden, the things that divided them no longer mattered. Language was a thing that divided them. The fact that they lived differently was a thing that divided them. And in one moment, the Spirit of God said, unite around the wonder of who I am. Because God is worthy of all praise. But if we worship anything other than the living God, if we worship ourselves, if we worship our preferences, your community will not be united around this one thing. The fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the Savior of the universe, not us. What we should be united around is the fact that we are not great outside of God. And if that's our proclamation to the world, then we're not showing people, hey, I'm Christian, I'm perfect. No one should be expecting that from us. What they should be expecting is, hey, we are a community of broken people who know we are broken, who know we need God, who have come together around that need to proclaim that he is good. Nobody would, nobody would judge us for that. Nobody would frown at us for that. If we are a community who are confident in our weakness, recognize our need for God, and together come around that need, to point to the one who has everything we need. Why would we be judged? Why would people expect perfection from us? Because perfection is not what we're selling. And we don't have it, right? I'm telling you now, we're still going to make a mess because we're human. That's just how we are, right? There's no, there's no scenario in which the Christian believing community is the perfect community that everyone wants to be like. Yeah. That's not the Bible story. The Bible story is we are broken, we need a shepherd, we are sinful. If we do it our way, it does not work. And therefore, we have come around the one who makes it work, the one who is faithful, the one whom if you obey, things will become right. That's our message. If we preach our values outside of the person who transforms us to live those values, we're going to have a problem. Because that's saying to people, hey, Christianity are people who are working really hard to do really great things in their own strength. That's such a lie. No matter how much you work at doing things in your own strength, it's 
the work. You know this. I hope that's why you're here. I hope that's why you're here, because you've tried and failed, and you've come to the one who is able to do it. We're not here together because we're like, we can do it. We can't. That should be our bold proclamation. We can't. He can. That's what we agree on. We're different. We speak differently. We come from different backgrounds. We love differently. We've got so many barriers that make us incompatible here together. We're so incompatible. You know that, right? When you say you're loving me, you're being nice to me, you're probably being tone deaf and saying the wrong things. You understand that, right? We're incompatible. But we're united around this one thing. Our need for Jesus, our value, our worth that we've placed in Jesus. If you move from that center, our incompatibilities are going to become highlighted and we are going to hurt each other. And then we're not just going to hurt each other as a community, we hurt the world that we're supposed to be healing. We're contributing to the strongholds that we're supposed to be pulling down by our repentance. We're not great outside of Jesus. That's the gospel. We're not selling a great Christianity to the world. We are bold in our weakness. We're bold in our need. We're bold in the things we're not getting right. That's what we lead with. So that we can point when things go right, people are like, you know I'm not great, so that is not me. That's a testimony. The testimony says you and I both know my problems. And yet, this thing has worked out. That's a testimony that points people to the saving work of Christ. That's who we are. We're not a, hey, we're great. We're moral community. We do things right. Come, you'll experience love and kindness here. <laughs> Will they though? <laughs> right? We lead with our weakness. We lead with our brokenness. And the Lord heals and restores and transforms us to become the community that he's talking about. We don't work hard to be in that community. We can't. We submit ourselves to the Spirit of God with our incompatibility, and He makes us that community. Yeah. You can't be that community. We're going to fail, and we are failing. We can submit to the Spirit of God and allow Him to define what this community looks like. Amen. Biblical unity comes from us following Jesus. Not just following Jesus as individuals, following Jesus as a community. Yeah. But first, we're following Jesus individually. Are we still following Jesus? You know that's the only thing we need to do? That's the only thing we need to do, follow Jesus. As you follow Jesus, you'll realize he leads you to fellowship with others. And as you do that, you'll realize that he is constantly fishing for men. But it starts with following Jesus. If we are going to try and be good neighbors and we're going to try and make people experience belonging in our community and also we want everyone to come into our midst and be healed of every sickness and disease and we want all these wonderful things but we think we are going to do them in our own efforts. You know how exhausted we're going to be? Some of us are already exhausted because we can't do it. But when the Spirit of God experiences of people who are submitted to that spirit and people come into that midst, there's something that happens that we can't manufacture, that people experience, and that is what we want. Amen. But it only happens if we together would submit to God and agree that we're incompatible. It's not a, it's not a secret. I think everyone knows. But for the Lord's sake, we're here. For the Lord's sake, 
we trust His Spirit working in us, working in each and every one of us, that when we come together, something amazing happens here. Something amazing happens here. (sighs) Unite around the mission of God. Because God is always on mission. He's always on mission. He's always busy. Um, But God respects the decisions that we make. And so if we decide that we're going to submit to the strongholds in Joburg of materialism, if we're going to submit to the boundaries and the spaces that we create between each other, if we're going to submit to the fact that Christianity means this and therefore I can't do this, we're creating more strongholds instead of putting them down. The mission of God is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is pervasive. It's not waiting. It's not allowing. It's pushing. We're not waiting for it to happen. It's us making it happen through our submission to God. My invitation this morning is for us to submit to God. That we would be a people who can say, hey, stranger, my name is Musa. I'm Christian. And what that means is that I need God. This is why. And I'd like you to consider whether you would have him be your savior too. That's our message Our message is not that we're perfect. Our message is not that we're killing it. Our message is not that this place is the best place to be. Stop saying that to people because they're going to come here and experience us as we are. Our message is that we are broken people on a journey together and we're inviting you to come because we're experiencing something as we do that. And we're inviting you to that too. Mm. (laughs) In conclusion, the fact that we are strangers speaking different languages from different cultures doesn't divide us. Sin divides us. We are united in Christ to unite others with Christ and live together in unity for Christ. This is good unity. I don't know what the things are that are dividing us, but I know that we can unite around the right thing and that will transcend the things that divide us. If we unite around the Spirit of God, The power of God, the word of God that is living, that is active, that is able to divide between word, bone, marrow, spirit, the spirit of God that is powerful, something amazing happens here. And it happens every time. And you don't have to do anything to make it happen. You just submit to the spirit of God and he does what he does. Be bold about your weakness and he does what he does. All of us weak together here. So can we pray together? Can you stand with me? It says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. So can we do that together this morning? We're just going to pray. We're just going to pray. We're just going to pray. We're praying repentance, personal repentance, but it's a corporate repentance. And we're praying that through our repentance, the strongholds around us will be pulled down in Jesus' name. Father God, we come to you as a church. Father, we come to you as a body united around the fact that we need you. And Father, we repent, Lord God, for the times that we proclaim strength instead of weakness. Father, we come here boldly to choose to say, we rely on you. We need you. We have a desperate need for you. Father, we're weak without you, Father God. And right now we come. 
and we humble ourselves before you, King of heaven, and we say you are our King, you are our Lord. Father, I rebuke every idol, Lord God, everything that we have submitted to, Lord God, that comes against your authority, your power. Father, we rebuke it, Lord. We come out of agreement with it in Jesus' name. Father, we choose this morning to agree with God and be at peace. We choose this morning to submit our lives wholly and dependently to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We love you, Lord Jesus. May all of our lives testify of the fact that you are eternally worthy of our love, of our affection, of every fiber of our being. And so, Father, I pray this morning that everybody would experience the joy of being loved by you, that everybody would experience the joy of belonging to you and that we would be able to invite people to that reality together. Father, we do not proclaim to be a perfect community, Father, but we proclaim to be a community that relies and needs you desperately. Come Holy Spirit, fill this place, Lord Jesus. Where there's a need, Father, we come with our need and we're saying, Lord, do it. Do what only you can do, King of glory. Father, we pray for every sick body that would be healed right now in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for everybody wrestling in their minds with anxiety and fear. And I say, you must go right now in Jesus' name. Father, that as we come together as a community, we proclaim healing. We proclaim sound mind. We proclaim joy. Father, I speak, Lord God, against all financial instability. And I say, be stable in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, for who you are. We agree with you, Lord God, and we choose to unite around who you are. Your vision, your glory, your love living among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Musa. Powerful word. I declare over every person in this church, even those watching online, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you, give you his shalom, his peace, his grace, his strength in the midst of your weakness. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Give the Lord another hand. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Friends, just a reminder, when I made the ignition announcement, I was wrong. See how weak I am. Uh, <laughs> we are signing ignition today. It's going to be in the gazebo outside here, not in the Tulani Hall back there. So if you want to do ignition, just go ahead. Grab some tea, coffee, and, and at 10.30 we will start in the gazebo right next to us here. You're very welcome to join us from 10.30. God bless you. Get to know someone diverse. Go spread the gospel wherever you go and spill Jesus. Amen.